Welcome to New Pod. New Pod. New Pod. New Pod. Presented by NotFest.com. Primer 55 bassist Joshua Toomey and War Machine merch mastermind Ro Coley bring you a weekly dose of all things new. Album deep dives, news, interviews. This is New Pod. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of New Pod here on NotFest.com. As always, I am Joshua Toomey. That is Ro Coley. We are here to talk some new metal with you this week. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Let's start out, man, with... uh, I know we're going to do a few concert reviews later from uh, some shows you've recently seen, but um, Korn officially announces collaboration with Adidas. Uh, I do believe uh, this has been in the works for a very long time. I I thought it was officially announced (laughs) a long time ago. is really what it is. Well, yes, 30 years ago, yes. (laughs) But I thought this uh, collab was had been in the works for a while, but I guess it was uh, just now officially uh, announced. I, I mean, I, I was asking you earlier if you were a Simpsons guy, and I, I saw a Simpsons meme that was, you know, from something, and it was like, you know, Corn announces a deal with Adidas, and one of the things was like, why now? Why not twenty years ago? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know. Well, and, yeah, uh, I do think that this is this is a bit late. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of my thing. I'm like. Okay, like it's not. I don't know. I, in, in a weird way, it was the most ultimate given. Like you yeah. would almost think that it had already happened and come and gone like eons ago. And the fact that it is a thing now, which is even weirder too, because Corn has never really dipped in popularity. Right. You know, like they've. I mean, granted, maybe they're not playing. You know, whatever. You know, Antarctica and shit. But like, you know, they they've increased in popularity over the years. So it's like. It's not like oh they went away for a little while and now they're back you know it's like they've always <laughs> right. they've always been here so it's like it's kind of surprising that you know even without the whole new metal resurgence and and this new renaissance of it that they wouldn't take advantage of that aspect of Corn's fan base uh, any earlier you know I mean unless the deals that they were trying to make you know licensing and all these kinds of things were just garbage. You know, right. um, that's that's about the only thing I can think of that would hold up a, a process like that. But, yeah, I mean, it seems like the ultimate given from 2001. <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, like- uh, well, actually, there's a little bit in this story here uh, over at Blabbermouth. This was uh, this is the story. Uh, this October, Adidas Originals and Corn joined forces to celebrate a trailblazing legacy with a new collaborative partnership and collection. When the pioneering California-based alt-metal band emerged on the scene 30 years ago, which sounds crazy, um, (laughs) they broke away from the genre's established aesthetic codes and paved the way for a new generation of fans by sporting classic three-stripes Adidas tracksuits. Never ceasing to challenge the normal convention, Korn and the Trefoil trefoil, uh, have maintained a long-standing relationship over the years, uh, through an authentic connection that was later immortalized by the 1996 song Adidas. Um, the, the, the inaugural Adidas Corn Collection collaborative uh, features a selection of bold styles inspired by the band's 1996 album Life is Peachy. The collection comprises two graphic t-shirts, a three-stripe hoodie with the band's logo on the front, and two signature takes on the quintessential Adidas Originals tracksuit, one in black with white accents and one with purple sequins. Um, this kind of we'll skip ahead here, but uh, uh, Kerrang! Magazine reported in 2021, Adidas gave Korn free product in the late 90s, but was unwilling to sign the band to a proper deal. This led Korn to ink a deal with Puma in 1998. Ah, there we go. Uh, we switched to Puma because they told us they'd put us in a commercial and gave us a little money to wear their shit. Corn frontman Jonathan Davis told Kerrang, which if I remember correctly, that was like a little money was like, I think half a million back then. Right. Um, yeah. Right. So, yeah was all right. But yeah, I think this is crazy. I'm going to pull the, pull the product up now of the, uh, the first little launch here of stuff. Um, but I mean, all of it, I've kind of, I kind of skimmed through it earlier and I, a thousand percent probably would have bought this in like 95. Right. <laughs> I just don't know how much of, uh, how much of this stuff I'm buying today. I mean, I get the, I get the nostalgia aspect. And I think, I think those kids growing up now, you know, will totally dig on it. 
Um, I, I just, I, for me, for what it's worth, I guess for me, I just look at it like the designs that I've seen so far, I don't think there's anything special about it. You know, like I, I remember back in the day, I owned a corn long sleeve, uh, just had corn on the front with the three stripes, even though it yeah. wasn't Adidas branded, it definitely gave off the vibe of Adidas, but like, you know, but that, that was in 95, <laughs> like you said, like <laughs> 95, 96. So it just had corn on it and that was fine. And I find that just this kind of. I don't know. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, man. There's there's definitely that aspect of like, you know, the purple sequined one. Right. I remember when Jonathan would wear that live. Like, I get I get that stuff, but it's like I kind of wished, you know, on the one hand, yes, you put corn on a bunch of stuff and it looks like the old school corn stuff. But I, I kind of was hoping for a little bit more creative innovation, if you will. The crazy thing with this. Like, could you imagine like walking into a party today like, wearing the, the purple sequin corn jumpsuit, you know? Only on Halloween, dressed up as Jonathan Davis. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I mean, when when corn popped, you know, in 94, I, you know, I bought, there was like one shirt at Gadzooks and like one <laughs> hoodie at the show. It was like there was nothing with corn, uh, the corn logo on it. So I'm, I, I a million percent would have worn a lot of this stuff back in the day. Right. But man, I, I just, I just don't like, know like, like what's going on here. I mean, I'm maybe this, this would be kind of cool to have again. I just, I, it just looks like a shirt I had back in the nineties. Like, like yeah. to me, I guess, you know, go back, go back to the main, main screen. Uh, if you could, um, All right. you know, like I look at the, like, okay. Like the sneakers I think are actually kind of cool. If that's yeah. your thing, I'm like, I'm all about that. That's fine. Um, I think for me, it's the fact that like people like us who are in our 40s, late 40s, <laughs> right. 50s kind of thing, you know, that are still listening to corn, still going to see corn play and all that. And we're corn fans from the first record or potentially before that, um, that there's nothing for that demographic. There's nothing for, for us as fans. Yeah. Like, I feel like on the one hand, yes, it's a nostalgia thing. You can definitely buy your corn Adidas you know, like I think those sneakers are actually dope, man. If they if they did that in a high top, dude, I'd be all I'd be all over that. <laughs> yeah. I would be all over that. Um, but that's the thing. It's like you know, the sneakers are cool, but I just feel like the re the rest of the stuff. Like, and I'm not saying that I want this per se, but I'm just saying this type of thing. But it's almost like I would want something that's a little more adult, I guess you could say. Yeah. You know, whether it was a I don't know, maybe, you know, like whenever, whenever I see like sometimes Metallica will do it or whatever, where it's like you get like that super classy, almost like dress shirt kind of vibe, you know, or so, something like that, where yeah. it's, just, it's just something that appeals to sort of just that, that a little bit older generation. Also, like, you know, like you said, it's like I'm going to walk around in a purple fucking <laughs> track suit. This know? shirt here looks totally, you know, it, this comes with Jinkos if you buy it. Like, <laughs> like you have to buy this in a two X, and your mom just dropped chain. you off at uh, at Ozfest. Yep, wallet yeah. chain included. You know, I mean, and and again, it's like some of this. I, I guess to me, it's just it, it feels so basic. It yeah. just I, I I was I'm hoping at the very least, uh, you know, that that they will do maybe you know like maybe this is the first wave, and the first wave is all nostalgia, and I'm fucking great. Yeah, that's awesome. Sign me up. But if they do like a second wave where it's like we're gonna make a fucking whatever again, hypothetically speaking, a corn tie, necktie, or you know, something <laughs> like that, like that's kind of the type of stuff where I'm like, you know, I wanna see how far people are willing to go with with the brand and 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 with the demographic. Again, yeah, like, you know what the I mean, yeah, the odds of I don't know, the odds of me, I guess, wearing a, a, a jacket like that is so slim. Honestly, this of all the things I think so far would probably be the one thing I would wear. Yeah, maybe. See, for me, I just think it would just be like, I don't know. I I, I would feel like I'm wearing dated clothing, <laughs> right? Oh, you know? like even though if I wore a corn shirt right now, I'd be fine with that. But there's, you know, it's like wearing Kappa gear. Remember that? Remember Kappa? Kinda, yeah. Uh, Max Cavalera it had a big. There was a big thing with Max and and Kappa. Um, but there was a bunch of bands that had Kappa gear and whatnot, and like it was just one of those things that it was. It was kind of like in a in a weird way, I guess you could kind of call it like if you have like your top companies, it would it would have been like Adidas, Puma, Kappa kind of thing. Um, but it was like you know same thing. It's like if I walked around with a bunch of Kappa breakaways right now, I I kind of feel stupid. <laughs> you <know? laughs> if, you, if you walked into this party right here. <laughs> 
I would, I think I would just turn around and walk out. Right. You know, like, <laughs> right. Exactly. You'd just be like, I, this is, you know, not really my thing. Yeah. You know, but I think something a little, I don't know, like I said, just a little <laughs> classier. You know, this, this guy truly has like some kickwear and a wallet chain. Like wallet we were chain. joking about. Yeah. I mean, to me, to me, this sort of looks like a JCPenney catalog trying to capitalize on new metal fashion. You know, like, like that. The- you know, like I remember when grunge, like when they started putting like grunge wear in right. like JCPenney and stuff like that, and they'd be like, "Oh my God, grunge!" You know, and it's like that's kind of what I feel like with this. I feel like it's it's just like a JCPenney catalog. There's no real, I don't know. To me, I, I feel like there's no real heart to it. Yeah, you know, and uh, and so if you're listening to Adidas, I still love your stuff. I will always love you, but I think you guys need to to take some serious risks with this with this i think you can take those risks you're fucking adidas take right. some fucking risks <laughs> you know like that's that's where i look at it it's like i feel like they're just putting out the same sort of like the hot topic collection it's like which is fine but at the same time it's like i'm gonna pre-order all of this now yeah right. <laughs> actually it was funny i don't know if you can see it or not all but on the, the on the main page it says add all to cart <laughs> you could just click one just button get, yeah get, <laughs> get everything <it> <laughs> Yeah. So yes, yes, Adidas, we will get all of it. Yes, all at the same time. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's just my take on it. You know, it's I, I, I'm again, even being a big Kiss fan, it's like yes, I have my fair share of Kiss T-shirts and everything, but I love wearing my Kiss tie to a fucking wedding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like like that kind of thing, where it's like that's that's sort of where I'm going with it. You know, as opposed to you know just being like, oh, I have a a Kiss T-shirt that I'm gonna I wear. Have a, you don't want your Kiss. Adidas tracksuit to wear to the wedding. Right. Sequined. <laughs> only if it's sequined and only if it looks like Paul Stanley's outfit. There you go. And I just, but, I don't, I don't even need, like, I just need like a printed like hairline. That's all I need. I'm not going to show my actual hair. I just need it to be like. Yeah. Know, I mean, like the purple, like, because at Signal World last year, that's where he kind of, where Jonathan kind of busted out the, the, the sequined jumpsuit. And right. it was, it hit, it hit that nostalgia feel. It's sure. not like something I would ever want to buy. Right. Well, it's like whenever I see bands go on stage and they have what I call rock and roll pants, you know, and they're always just like torn perfectly, yeah. patched up even more perfectly. <laughs> you know, it's like right. it's it's that kind of thing where I'm like, I couldn't be like, oh, OK, cool. I need to go and buy groceries like time to put on the rock and roll pants. Put on my rock and roll pants. Rock and roll pants and go to go to the grocery store. Well, that's what they need a stage clothes are for. Yeah, I guess so. All right, man. Well, speaking of stage clothes, we'll yes. move on to some some shows you've recently seen because where all Row does is go see shows. Um, I forgot what sleep is. <laughs> right when you tell me your concert, uh, you know where you're going to see shows, it just it makes me tired. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're not the first person to say that. They're just like, I'm just gonna live vicariously through you and your Facebook page and do it like that. But yeah, that's that's what we get. We get that a lot. But you know, oh. I, don't, I don't fucking care. I'm. I'm <laughs> I will never stop going to shows even when I'm like something happens to my legs and I'm like, well, then we got to wheel over to the show, you know, that kind of thing. Or somebody needs to 3D print me some fucking legs. <laughs> you look like a, with a wild, uh, wild, wild west. Uh, um, who was that? Uh, will Smith, spider. I think. <laughs> the big spider thing. Yeah. Dude, that'd be sick, man. Are you kidding me? If I had like Darth Maul spider legs. Or Darth Maul. Yeah. Same I'm, thing. Fucking sign me up. Um, let's start with, uh, let's start with power trip, man. I know that they're, you know, the big three day <laughs> festival down in, down in the, uh, Coachella area. Yes. Um, let's say, yeah. uh, I know you just went to the last day, which is the Metallica tool day. Um, kind of, kind of just talk about everything around it, man, because I mean, obviously everybody saw it from afar and honestly, to me, it blew me away that there were zero opening bands. It was just two yeah, was... monster bands each night. So, so kind of talk about it. Yeah. So, and you know, it's funny. All things considered, when it first came uh, came around and everything, I remember it, it just like with Sick New World and everything. Everybody's first thing is like, "There's no fucking way. There's no way that's gonna happen. There's no way that's gonna happen." Uh, and then they were like, "Wait, it's two hundred bucks a day uh, to go, and you can only get three day tickets." You know, so it's like you're automatically forced to spend six hundred bucks plus service fees. So you're talking. I think it came out to like nine hundred dollars. It was something yeah. pretty stupid. It was something really, really stupid. And I think that was like, everyone's like, oh, really? But then I think people probably thought to themselves like, wait, but if I went and saw Metallica, it would cost me at least $100. If I went to see Tool, it would cost me. And this way you can see all of these bands all at once. You know, you have to pick up your tickets in advance and everything. And 
I did not. So when you go to a show, Josh, or I go to a show, what do we do when we go there? We go, we walk up, you walk up to the box office and you say, hey, I'm on so-and-so's guest list or I am, you know, on will call. Here's my name. Here's my ID. Here's your tickets. You go into the show. That's it. The place to pick up your tickets was eight miles away from the actual venue. (laughs) And I am not joking on that. It was 7.8 miles away. From the actual venue. So when I pulled up trying to figure out where the fuck I'm supposed to go, I had no idea. And everyone was like, well, the tickets are for three days. So they moved the entire box office situation and guest list off site, like, but way off site. And so for me, I was like, I didn't know that. So I show up and I'm like, where do I go? And of course, none of the security guards have any fucking clue where I'm supposed to go. So nobody knows where I'm supposed to go. So it just took me forever to actually make it actually inside the venue. <laughs> that took a really, really long time. On top of the two and a half, almost three hours it took to drive there. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, uh, so once that happened, um, it was funny. I, I parked in the parking lot and uh, me and my friend Stephanie Cabral, She's a, she takes photos of tons and tons of bands. Uh, she was like, I'm 1.4 miles from my car. Like from the stage to her car was 1.4 miles. After the show, when I walked from the, from the stage to my car, it was 2.27 miles. <laughs> so, yeah. So I got my steps in that day. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Um, but so, um, so when I got in, Tool was already on. Uh, there were only a couple of songs in, but I haven't seen Tool in years and i mean i'm i'm to be perfectly honest with you i'm not even exaggerating i think it was like 09 or 2010 and i saw them at the staples center and a friend of mine gave me tickets because he was like oh i got better tickets i'll just give you mine so we were like great went there and like literally here's where i am here's where the ceiling of the arena is (laughs) so i was literally (laughs) at the top but i was like all right dude if i had known you were gonna give me this shitty tickets i would have actually gone and bought some for myself but i just remember seeing it and i mean obviously the light show was fucking crazy but i remember maynard had his back to the crowd the whole time and i just thought that was like you know what dude like (laughs) like I, i don't know maybe it's just because the way i go to shows or whatever but i'm like yo face the audience face your fucking fans you know, put so on I, some rock pants. Yeah, put on some fucking space pants, and you know, come on, and do this. You know, intergalactic space pants. Um, you know, and 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 I just remember being like super, just like man, that's just fucking bullshit. And so I was really, I, I'd been kind of turned off a tool at that point for a while, and this time I was like, okay, I've seen video of tool shows and all, but I haven't seen them for a long time. And let me tell you, man. <laughs> If there was a band that should really do a show at that new Vegas sphere. Oh yeah. They, if tool did that, I would, I would literally attempt to go every fucking night. Um, and in that case, fucking, I don't even care if Maynard's not even in the fucking building. Like it's like, like <laughs> back, back facing the audience. Don't even care. You do it in a fucking immersive area like that. It's going to be so ridiculous. And, uh, and I mean, they had, I mean the, the, the production like video screens, I mean, were massive I mm-hmm. mean, massive massive i mean I, I mean you know we've gone to our fair share of festivals and such this was like it was fucking huge i thought i just remember walking in and being like and then they're showing it on all the jumbotrons also so and it's so big all the jumbotrons are big and the tool thing is big i actually didn't know where the stage was because <laughs> i was like <laughs> right. i'm like i don't even know where i'm going right now because it's like music is coming from every angle and visuals are fucking everywhere so i was just like i was so i i i literally was just like oh my god have i is this what i've been missing this whole time um but they played, you know, just a, a lot of the stuff from Opie and, and, and Undertale. I mean, all the records, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then to hear, um, just to hear those songs. And I mean, you know, the crowd was super into it, but it was also the final day of the show, of the of the festival. Mm-hmm. So people were crispy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there were people you could tell that were just like, I just need this show to be over now. You know, like, <laughs> like you can you can see that in the crowd because apparently the day before, I think it was ACDC had played, mm-hmm. and apparently, and I'm not an ACDC fan. I like literally a total of three ACDC songs, and all people were talking about was how insanely amazing they were. And I was like, I, I, I it was one of those things where I'm like, I kind of wish I could have seen that also. Yeah, it would have meant me sitting around during ACDC a band I don't particularly care for. The, the the ACDC set list that I've seen is pretty much like 
what 30 songs or something it's insane like how many you know and they're all in their uh, 70s at yeah. this point so, yeah. yeah and i mean i heard that just the vocals were on point sound was on point yeah everything was so i think it really blew people away i don't think they were expecting it and i i was pretty stoked i mean it was literally like buzzing conversation around me at the show um but but yeah so anyway so tool was just i, I was this was me most of the time <laughs> just like <laughs> staring at it going like i feel like i'm on drugs and then i look around and i'm like i'm not on drugs and i don't even have an alcoholic beverage in my hand but like this is it's so it's 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 just so immersive and, yeah. and it was so it was really good they sounded incredible um and i mean tight and and just in, just in a great i mean i have to my 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 liking of tool was kind of revitalized mm-hmm. after seeing that show i was really super impressed um and and uh with war machine merch we're actually making something for danny carey right now that hopefully will that'll come out next year nice. um hopefully through revolver magazine um but it's it's a just a huge project that we're working on and it's i think when people see it they're going to be like oh it's like it's a little tool concert you know like that now if you thing. if you only could get danny carey on your new metal podcast <laughs> you know what that's uh, let's put it this way: once this, once this deal and this item comes out and everything mm-hmm. like that, I think it'll absolutely push that a lot closer than I am currently. But I don't, I don't see why not. But it, yeah, so they were just really incredible. Um, and then, uh, well, before yeah. we dive into metal, I will say that, like, since the the pandemic, I've seen Tool three times, and I had never seen Tool before. Um, oh, okay. That was a first, like, one of the first shows we went to post pandemic. Um, it was amazing. We were kind of side stage though. So we were, our tickets were side stage. We weren't standing side stage, oh, but gotcha, we were, gotcha. so we were up in the, up in the rafters, but we were like kind of looking down at Danny Carey's profile. So right. we didn't really get the whole show, but the, the second show we saw at the, at the, uh, the arena here, like we were, I was like, I don't care how far back we have to be. I just, I still want to be dead, you know, watch straight on. Right. So we got, you know, some, uh, some upper level seats, straight on and yeah the whole the whole place was just you know lights and yeah, graphics and everything going on and then we then we saw them at louder than life and again you know they had all the screens going just everything going so i mean i i i know exactly what you mean like you, you almost don't even care to watch the show the band play right you just want to see what's good like all the visuals and right i mean in, in, in a weird way, you, the bass player they're, they're not doing headphones yeah and just like watch the visuals but i i find that just like or almost i mean it was weird because i was at one point i was like okay i'm gonna try something i just closed my eyes and it's like you could still sort of see the visuals through your eyelids but like (laughs) listening the tool at the same time it it really was it was something it was in in a you know in a landscape right now where it's almost like how do you outdo what you've done and up the ante amongst other bands who have zillions of dollars to do all sorts of production you know it's like what do you what do you do and whatever it is they're doing, they're doing it really fucking well, man. Yeah. So they were just incredible. How long did they play? Do you know? Uh, yes. Uh, I believe everyone played for two hours or at least just around two hours. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, it was like an hour and 45, I think, is what I'm thinking it was. Because every, because I mean, because that was the whole, that's why they did no opening bands. Because they were just like, it gives because it's like a it's it's an older demographic as you can imagine Judas mm-hmm. Priest Maiden etc. So what it was was like okay cool like rather than have those people be there all day long in the sun and all this kind of stuff it's like nope the show like here's when they go on so you know if you want to show up two hours early there was tons of camping like that was a very big thing over there was the whole camping situation so this way you could camp and then just kind of you had your wristband so you could just wander into the show kind of thing. Okay. Um, so yeah, so the, it was it was a lot of that. So it's just kind of uh, um, uh, uh, I don't know. It, it was that that's why they didn't do any of those opening bands because they were yeah. like, no, we're going to just give you two headliners doing two headliner sets. And was it was it just one stage? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was just one stage. Nice. So that way it was just, and then it was I think it was thirty like forty forty or forty five minutes between bands, something like that. And then you know, so then by the time it, it was over, it's like great then you go back to your you know tent or your hotel or whatever and then you know it's like you didn't have to you didn't have to be like oh crap i gotta be there at 10 a.m to see the first band go on. you know like it's like no you can actually wake up and if you're yeah. hungover then you can kind of deal with that if you want to get some food you know like it was it was a lot of that kind of thing where it just 
it, it, it was uh, it was very open like that. But I think that was that was kind of cool. I think not having the uh, all of the other bands there kind of like it, it kind of kept everybody sort of focused on what was happening. Didn't divide the focus at all. Okay. So how was uh, Metallica? So Metallica was good. Um, however, um, their sound was funky. Hmm. Um, when they came on, at least for the first bunch of songs, it was like all I could hear was Kirk, and not even like just hear Kirk, but it was like it's it, like when you, where you can hear them strumming, like mm-hmm. you know, when you can like hear the pick against the strings kind of thing. <laughs> so it was like that for a, a, a while, at least where I was standing, and I was just kind of getting to the point where I was like, all right, but I mean, but they played like they opened with Whiplash, which is awesome because they didn't play they put they barely played any Kill 'Em All songs. Uh, when I saw them with Pantera, so it was just awesome to have them open with Whiplash. It was fucking just like, it was so great. But yeah, I mean, that was just two hours of Metallica. And it's funny, I haven't seen Metallica since the big four, and now I saw them twice in like two months, you know? So, uh, but it was, it was really, I mean, they just, they just blew through it. And, you know, it was, it definitely was a really special event. But like, by the time Metallica was done, though, you could just, I, I was, I was towards, I was kind of towards, I guess, more towards the exit, sort of while they were while they were kind of finishing their set. Uh, first off, even though I think it's overplayed and everything, man, Seek and Destroy just gets everyone excited. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I feel like I'm always just like, oh, Seek and Destroy again. All right, no, next, you know, because to me that's like Master of Puppets. It's just overplayed a lot. But man, when they were like, when they play that opening riff, like the whole place is like, Wah! I was like, all right, fuck, dude, killer. It's funny, I'm wearing my Metal Shop shirt, and I was listening to the latest episode of charlie kindle's metal shop which is back out um he did the top three most important metal songs of all time or something and his number two song was seek and destroy i was like really really Hmm. over master of puppets over yeah of all the metallica catalog that was like his number and then number one was i think holy diver so it was like you know to to win the top three is ambitious i think (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> top three of all time like at least do top 10 the like, most dude. important i guess he could have said top three most important so whatever that means i guess that gives you some wiggle room but uh but yeah so check out uh charlie kindle's metal shop over on rfk what is it rf rfk me krfk media there, there we go, go. <laughs> it's on my shirt i got a dyslexia kicking in yeah no, well, um, there's too many k's there are too many k's um so so yeah so the funny thing after the show though was that i was like oh you know what maybe i'll go and check out the merch as i do and uh so the bands that were there that day the tool and the metallica merch that had some people there the event merch after the show three and a half hour wait <laughs> wow and that show ended at midnight and there was still a three and a half hour wait. i mean like it was crazy but they had merch from all the bands from all the days yeah but even still i was like when i saw that line i was like fuck that and that's even like it louder than life man like every time i would walk past the merch tent like the line would be crazy yeah and no matter what time of day i'm just like there's no way i i mean there might be some maybe if you're looking at the at the set times and there's a band you know there might be a chunk of time where there's nothing you really want to see right but but, i mean for the most part i'm like i'll just i'll just wait (laughs) right and that's kind of it it's like you gotta like i thought there was gonna be you know i don't know just end of end of the show kind of thing you know like i thought the metallica booth or the tool booth would be packed but it was just everybody buying just the power trip show shirts and everything fucking that was crazy but then uh when I walk back to my car, two almost two and a half hours, two and two and a half miles away, uh, you know, you park in a big dirt lot, obviously. Yeah. And I parked during the day, so I knew where my car was during the day. <laughs> but then at <laughs> night, it's like you got cars everywhere. <laughs> so I'm like, oh man, how long am I gonna have to sit here to find my fucking car? But uh, the panic button on your phone. Yeah, dude, constantly, <laughs> constantly. I was just like, come on, it's around here somewhere. It's around here somewhere. The funny thing is, that's how I knew I walked two almost two and a half miles is that i never had to double back around to find my car i still walked right towards it but i was like but because i didn't have to do that when i looked at my steps i was like dude i just went like almost two and a half miles to get to my fucking car um so it was it was like i said uh, that that last that that day was really it was cool for me just seeing metallica and tool you know these two bands that i haven't really seen a whole lot of uh in the last bunch of years uh so that was really really cool um the whole offsite box office thing was ridiculous. And thankfully, thank this, this is a shout out to my buddy junior. Uh, he's Danny Carey's 
drum tech. He's the one who gave me directions. He's like, you got to go here to pick up your tickets. And I was like, fuck. All right. So thank you to Junior. He's the shit. And he's in a band <laughs> called All Hail the Yeti. Oh, nice. Check them out because they're fucking rad too. Um, anyway, so if it wasn't for Junior, I would have still been like, what do I do? Um, so that was that was good. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, otherwise it, it was it was cool. But yeah, the crowd was definitely like super crispy by the end of that thing because they, yeah, I mean, they basically at that point, I mean, they were at what two four like eight hours of bands over like three days, and then same thing. It's like you're still going to the show early to make sure you can get a good spot or whatever it is, you know? So it's like, you're still, you're still there earlier, you yeah. know? So it's just a lot of standing and all that, but it was like, yeah. but yeah, but it was like, but it was funny. I was talking to my wife while I was walking out and uh, I was kind of showing her the, the, the venue and everything like that. And she's like, it's a lot of really old people there. And I was like, <laughs> and, and I was like, I was like, well, because I think for her, like also, and I, I think typically it's like, you think a tool, like, all right, well, tools, not like, and old, they're not the stones, you know. Right. Like Metallica might be a little closer in that regard, but like, look like at tool like the stones. But like, I was telling her, I was like, well, think about the people who were 20 years old when Metallica came out, yeah, in 83, 84, 85. You know, it's like if they were in their early 20s or super late teens, I mean, they would be 60 right now you know 60 and up so you know i was like i'm like that's kind of the demographic for this so that's why i think that in the end because it is an older demographic that it really did uh it catered to them really really well so yeah i mean you gotta think a lot of the even tool you gotta think when they hit like what 92 93 yeah, right if you were in college back then i mean hell you're in your 50s now you know right so i mean this is it, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is bizarre to go to sh- like uh, like the final Slayer show and look around the crowd and you're just like, because at, at one point I was like, man, the crowd's really not getting into the show. But then I like zoom, like I look into look at the crowd. And I'm like, you know, if, like, it, if a lot of these people get into it, they might break a hip. That's that's kind of <laughs> it, man. It's like the the do I have medical insurance tour, you know, like <laughs> right. that's kind of like, yo, yo, hey, hey, don't don't do that, you know. But that was kind of it. It's like you at that Slayer show, I was at that Slayer show and there were so many people who like, you know, usually when at a Slayer show, everyone's up off their feet out of the seats. And it's like here the people are like, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> you know? right. I need the seat right now. Like, yeah. My varicose veins are kicking in. You know, so yeah, so it it was really cool. I'm I'm really happy I was able to go, if only for that one day. Um, it was it was it, it was way better than I was expecting it to be. But, nice. uh, but yeah, sounds good, man. Um, okay, let's see, we as we record, I guess last night you went to see Cavalera. I did. Uh, I, I, how, I, I, how, but did they uh, did they just do old stuff? Did they kind of yeah, mix it up? Yeah. What did they do? No, it was well. I mean, at the end they did uh, like kind of some refuse resist territory that kind of thing. Nice. Um, <clears throat> they did uh, what was it? Uh, Morbid Visions, mm-hmm, and uh, what is the other one escaping me? Morbid Visions and Bestial Devastation. Uh, Bestial Devastation. That's it. <laughs> uh, uh, and then they did some of Schizophrenia. Oh, um, you know, and and it was it was cool, and you know the the the, the crowd was into it and everything. Um, I I know that it was the last night of the tour. I, but I kind of felt that in the vibe of the crowd in a weird way. Like uh, it, it almost felt like I, I felt like everybody was just trying to get off stage <laughs> so they could be like, I need to go home. You know, it looked like and and I think Exhumed uh, was saying they're like, we've been out on tour for 14 years, <laughs> like weeks, <laughs> months. Like right. I, I don't even know anymore. And that was kind of like when I when I heard that and I kind of watched them continue to play, I was like, yeah, like these guys are just done. Like, you know, everyone needs a break at this point. So. I, I kind of got that vibe from it, but it was, it was still cool. I was just, uh, I, I think, um, in a, in a way, like, Hey, I haven't seen them do chaos AD like in its entirety. So that's, that's the one I'm waiting for. That's what I'm waiting for as well. You know, I saw them do roots and I saw them do the, the early shows and I, I missed Max doing nail bomb and I wish I could see him do nail bomb again. I would yeah. love to see that. That would be fucking amazing. Uh, and I'd love to see Killer be killed and stuff, but it's like I just I I just hope they do a little something more. Um, it's, it was funny though. <clears throat> I, I had this idea a while ago uh, that I was telling bands that like you know you should put just TV screens on on your speakers or whatever on your amps or whatever, and just do video where it's 
your lyrics, just do mm-hmm. almost like lyric videos. So the fans can get into that and, and sing along and everything. And and no one's ever done it or no one's done it. In my opinion, I, I saw Limp Bizkit do it once and I was like, that's fucking brilliant. And Fred Durst was like, he's like, that's not for me. That's for you guys. Cause <laughs> right. you know, these songs are 30 years old and I want to make sure you remember. It. And I was like, that's fucking brilliant, you know? And so Max actually had the TVs there and I was like, awesome. And then they didn't show any lyrics. <laughs> I was like, damn it. Yeah. yeah. That, that might take a minute to, to, to sync up properly, but the bring me the horizon last year, louder than life did that with some of their bigger singles had like right. giant lyrics up on the screen. Right. And I, I just think that's a cool way to do it because again, it's like, especially when it comes to metal, you know, if it's the first time you're seeing a band, like you don't necessarily know what they're singing about, but if you can actually read it, like those lyrics could actually hit way deeper than you could have ever imagined. It's going to be hard when people don't know your stuff. That's why like in LA, when people are like, everyone just stood there like this. And I'm like, yeah, cause you're coming out and nobody knows what the fuck you're saying. And you're playing at 900 <laughs> miles an hour and you're gonna be upset that you're not getting a fucking crazy mosh pit going like you're not giving people something to hold on to and that's that's always my thing is like you know if you can get your lyrics out into people's heads i think that that a it leads to more audience participation and b it leads to more retention of the lyrics for the fans i think you get a lot of that in uh in nashville they always say like nashville and la and those bigger cities because Pretty much everybody in the crowd is probably a better musician than you are anyway. <laughs> right. So it's hard. It's hard for like musicians to just let loose and 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 have a good time. Right. You know, getting into getting into bands they don't know. Yeah, that's exactly it. But I find that just when I read lyrics, it's just like I'm like, oh yeah. fuck, like that speaks to me a lot more. But yeah, but it's like, but so they had it there, but they didn't have any lyrics, and I was just like, oh, such a wasted opportunity because again, yeah, it seems like the the not that they're doing it, but it seems like the Static X tour, the footage I've seen so far from it, looks like the video screens are are kind of like more. There's more of them on the on the stage, kind of right. in different places, which I thought I thought it makes it look great, and they they seem to obviously with with dope out, they can kind of mix and match the uh, the stage right. uh, show. The visuals, like right. Totally. And I, I think that's that's the type of stuff where I'm just like, I, I'm always on the hunt for more innovative production and whatnot. But like I said, but at this point, I looked at I looked at the, everybody in all the bands and I'm like, you guys just want to go home. <laughs> you know? Which makes me want to go home. Which makes me want to go home. But I mean, you know, it, it's it just is what it is. You know, I, I but if as soon as they do a Chaos AD tour, like I will be fucking... Yeah, I was. The, I, I, I mean, this would have been their year to do it, though. I mean, the 30th anniversary, but you know, maybe they just didn't. Uh, they they didn't put that into consideration. But uh, man, that that album, yeah, that album was the album that got me into Sepultura, me yeah. hooked me, and kind of even like turned into this new metal kind of thing that we're we're talking about now. You know, that was that was one of the albums that really took that groove and the heavy yep. and kind of and kind of showed everybody how to do it. That's that's exactly it. It was I mean, I started getting into like the later part, like very last part of Arise, but it was still like in a weird way at the time for my own musical taste. Like I was it was still a little too much death metal for me at the time where mm-hmm. I, my palate wasn't really set up for that. But then when Chaos AD came out, I was like, oh, fuck. All right. This is where it's going. You know, and then it almost it almost eased me into their older stuff a lot easier. Yeah. As opposed to just being like, here's brazilian death metal and you're like what oh, <laughs> fuck, i don't know what, i don't know what's happening yeah i mean yeah. That, i definitely got into chaos ad and then then went back and bought schizophrenia yeah and all that stuff which I mean, it sounds like garbage but it's you know the the tunes are there right no that's exactly <laughs> it i mean that was uh, that's that's how i feel too that's why when after chaos and then you know you had nail bomb and roots and all like all these kinds of things it was just so for me it, it just kind of worked out perfectly so yeah so ro- anything from chaos like i would love to see that yeah, that'd be amazing. I would just love to be able to get my old fucking Chaos AD long sleeve back, man. That thing's my favorite thing, <laughs> my favorite shirt ever. You know? I, my favorite was the uh, the nail bomb uh, on the back. It was a uh, one hundred reasons to hate, and it had one hundred different reasons to hate. <laughs> oh, that's, that's why I never got to see them live. And then when they play it, when they did the Igor and Max thing uh, with that, I I think I was out of town. And I was just like, fuck, man, I really, really hope they do something like that again. That would be so incredible. Uh, who else did I see last week? Oh, oh, I also saw Run the Jewels. Dude. They were one of my favorites at uh, that, that, uh, Louder Than or, yeah, Louder Than Life. Holy crap, man. I've been wanting to see Run the Jewels forever. And they were supposed to play out here with Rage Against Machine. And then either, I, yeah, Zach got hurt, I think it was. So they ended up canceling like the last like four dates. And LA was one of them. So I never got to see him, and I was really hoping I get to see Rage again because fuck, I've been seeing them since fuck what ninety two. God, I've seen them so many times. Um, 
but it's like, I was really hoping to see them again and hear those songs, but uh, they played four nights at the Palladium out here, the Hollywood Palladium, because it's the 10 year anniversary of their first record. So each night they did a different record. And so they had special guests like Zach came out, Zach De La Roca came out at one point. But um, so I got tickets for the final show and, and it was funny because I was like, well, let's just see what tickets are going for. So I go to, I go to Ticketmaster and they're like, oh, whatever, $35, whatever it is. I go to StubHub, $6. I was like, I, and I actually had to ask my wife, I was like, tell me what that says. And she goes, it says $6. I was like, okay, good. I just want to make sure I'm seeing this. So total for two tickets for Run the Jewels at a show in Hollywood was $10.50 per person. It was fucking stupid. <laughs> like It just made no sense. But we we went there, we got in, and uh, Tenacious D was uh, one of the openers. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, which we were not expecting. And so was uh, Dilated Peoples. And then uh, when they came out, they came out to Jack Black singing We Are the Champions by Queen. <laughs> so they came nice. out after after that, which was pretty awesome. But they just, they their whole set was just fucking nonstop energy the whole time. And then they still played a bunch of their like kind of greatest hits, which was awesome because I didn't get to see any of the other shows. So I got to still hear and see them perform these songs. And it was just, it was incredible. And the funny thing about them is I found out about them from revolver magazine. Cause they were on the cover and I was like, why would revolver be covering run the jewels? Cause I just knew them as a, as a hip hop band. Mm-hmm. And then I fucking got into it and I, just, I, it pulled me in super hard. And so I just went and got all their records and everything. <laughs> I was just like, Oh my God, this is great. Uh, but if you, if, if anybody out there hasn't listened to run the jewels, fucking get some run the jewels. That shit is yeah, definitely fun. Incredible. In- uh- before we dive into Death Clock and Baby yeah. Metal, uh, here is the 100 Reasons to <laughs> Hate shirt. Awesome. Um, we'll just run through a few of these. Uh, Nail Bombs, 100 Reasons to Hate. Police Systems. Number two, Crack. Three, <laughs> three the Government. Four, Child Abuse. Um, five, Censorship. Um, six is the KKK or Nazi Organizations. <laughs> Number seven, Epic Columbia Records. Dude, um, yeah, they all- really didn't like that. <laughs> All music business fakes. Um, yeah, and then like 18, Garth Brooks. Uh, <laughs> you know, 32, nuclear weapons, nuclear power. 34, Michael Jackson. Number 38, plastic surgery. Uh, 53 is suffering. 54, tobacco companies. <laughs> 57, Lollapalooza. Um, <laughs> 61, Rednecks. 64, McDonald's. 68, David Koresh. Um yeah, so just that's you know. funny. What a great long sleeve, man! If I, <laughs> if I found that long sleeve, I'd be all about it, dude. Ninety-seven MTV USA, ninety-six the Vietnam War, uh, chemical warfare. Yeah, that's funny. Forty-five Tipper Gore, <laughs> fifty-two Lenny Kravitz. Come on now. <laughs> I I wonder if Max ever looks at that and is just like, why did I hate Michael Jackson so much? You know, like yeah, yeah. but this was a cool shirt. It had all the little yeah, it has know. all the little no no signals. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, good shirt, good stuff. That's a great <laughs> shirt, man. Man, I hope I I'd love to find that again. That's awesome. I am yeah. stoked. Though. I do have a. I did get a Point Blank on vinyl. Nice. I was pretty pretty stoked about because they had yeah, some that's such a good record. Some exclusive vinyl on uh, Amazon. So I was like, fuck yeah. That was another like I luckily like he's been doing these uh, these these tours and I'll get on the press list. So I got to interview him about Nail Bomb and interview him right. basically because I mean you know a lot of times you'll interview someone like Max and you'll be talking about the new album but you want to sneak in a Nail Bomb question or you want right. to sneak in a Roots question, but when they come on and that's what they're on to talk about, you can just dive right into point blank or roots or whatever. So it's nice to just kind of, kind of have the carte blanche to, to really hit about these, about that time. You know, I, I did the, uh, beneath the, uh, was it beneath to arise or whatever. And right. you know, although like just, just being able to kind of focus in on that stuff and not try to sneak in a, Hey, on KSAD, <laughs> you know, right. a lot of that type shit. That'd be cool. I would love. To, I would love to do a deep dive with Max on that first Soulfly record. I think that would yeah. be rad. That'd be incredible. Should we could try. We could try to make that happen. Um. All right. Bad. Last one before we get yeah. out of here. You went to see the Baby Clock tour, and um, 
And if you guys are paying attention on you on the NotFest YouTube, some of the uh, Louder Than Life interviews are rolling out. And the, the Brendan Small one is out now. The Kitty one is out now. And the uh, Jamie Morgan from Code Orange one is out now. So, nice. yeah. And so, so yeah, Brendan Small is uh, <laughs> like I went from, well, I guess I interviewed him a long time ago, but he's been on the podcast, I think, twice in a month now. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> you know. So he's, he's used to us now. Yeah, he's like, yeah. oh, you again. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, right. Yeah, I know you. Um, it was it, it was it was good. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Um, it was good. It, it was at SoFi. Uh, it was at the Nokia th- or the YouTube theater rather, which is at SoFi Stadium, which is where I saw Metallica, which I swore I didn't want to go to ever again, and now I know why because <laughs> same bullshit, bullshit happened there too. So we got the last. Three songs, two songs of baby metal. Uh, baby metal. Yeah. Well, I gave it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah. I saw somebody who I, I can't remember who it was, but they had just seen another show. Oh, it was my friend Jason T. Smith, who did Thrift Hunters, has been on the podcast tons of times. Um, he went to see Pink at the uh, at SoFi, mm-hmm. and he he was like, "I will never go to see a show at this." <laughs> you know, hunk of junk ever again. Like he, I mean, this gigantically long, uh, Facebook rant rant about, (laughs) about how much SoFi sucks for, uh, as a concert venue. It it really, it's like when you, when you're actually inside, you'll be pretty, it's very much awe inspiring. I will say that because you're just kind of like looking at it. Like, I feel like I'm in a fucking spaceship because the way they built it, you know, it just, it's got this crazy design on the outside and then it goes all the way underground and the, the stage or the, you know, playing field for football is underground and all, I mean, just all this stuff. And it is really aesthetically cool. But when you get there and it's like, Oh, you, you mean you're on the floor? No, you got to take 18 escalators to get to the floor, <laughs> you know? And you're like, Really? Or a you can wait thirty not you know ninety minutes for the elevator because it's going to just be fucking people going up to every single floor, you know. So it, it re- as far as practicality goes, yeah, dude, that place is just garbage, man. Uh, I'm not a fan. So that was the hard part was getting <laughs> into the show is always is just a nightmare. His uh, post says uh, just uh, just. Now let's talk about the shit stain at the SoFi Stadium. <laughs> Stacy and I went to see the show in LA because Pat and Noel uh, Neil were the opening in LA, not in Vegas. He lives in Vegas. Yeah, it was just like we've had friends who went to early concerts at SoFi that said the music was muddy and hard to hear. Three years later, nothing has changed. Great place to see a football game, but a horrible place to see a concert. I think that's what it is. I've never seen a football game there, and I feel like if if I was there for a football game, it probably wouldn't be as bad. Because yeah. I think that when it comes to a football game, you're not like, oh man, like the halftime show is at 3 p.m. We got to get there in time. You know, like it's like you're there for the game, you know? Yeah. Whereas with bands, it's like you're there for like, oh, the opening band is on at this time. and da, 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 da. So the first thing they that the, the woman who was in charge over there, I don't know, the guest list or whatever, uh, sent me the wrong guest, uh, the wrong set times. Nice. Told us was so convinced that she had sent me tickets via email that she never sent. Like it was just, and then she kind of made it seem like it was our fault. Like why didn't you show up earlier? And we we're like, we did. We've been here for like an hour. <laughs> still in the same position. Yeah. So we saw Baby Metal, and, and me, me, and my. I I had a feeling my wife was going to be way more into it, and she was like, and I was like. I'm kind of feeling that too. I, I and I don't. I don't know what it is. I mean, the music sounded cool, but I. I think it's it's this this like, it just feels like K-pop metal. I, you know what? I, do you watch uh, Rick and Morty at all? No. Oh, okay. There's there's an episode where <laughs> Rick decides to dump Morty and he adopts these two crows as his like partners <laughs> okay. uh, because he's basically like two crows are smarter than you, Morty. So, but it turns into this like anime thing. Where it's like he's like this like almost like anime character with the two crows and goes around, you know, to these villages and, you know, kills the, you know, big bad or whatever. But like the they did it in this like animation anime style where it's got like an anime intro and it's like this kind of like up tempo sort of hard rock anime with this like female singer. And I'm like, this makes me feel like I'm listening to just anime theme song after anime theme song (laughs) over and over and over again. And I'm like. All right, you know what, dude? Like, and if you're gonna be singing in Japanese, like, you gotta help me out here. You know, at least put it phonetically on a screen or something. 
<laughs> you know, I kind of feel the same way about Ramstein, where I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what send shucked means. I, I don't. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Like, I'd love to sing it, but I don't know what you're talking about. That's why it's like on Spotify and a few other places where if you're listening to it and the lyrics pop up, if it's in a different language, sometimes it'll it'll put the translation underneath. Like um, if I listen to Alien Weaponry, especially like, you know, they're singing a Maori and it's yeah. like it's got their Maori language, but then it says what they're saying. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like my cat literally being able to talk to me and be like, I'm hungry. I'm like, great. I know what you're talking about. This is great. I can help. It, it's like that where it's like at least give us something. But I mean, the crowd was super into it. So I'm not going to be like anyone who listens to it is stupid it's like no it's just it for me it just doesn't connect at all but uh yeah on to death clock well and, and well the cool thing with death clock so after baby metal you know we were going out we were gonna get a beer or whatever and who was out there taking pictures but dr Roxo, the rock and roll clown <laughs> <laughs> so uh that was cool there was just a dude dressed up as dr Roxo yeah. from, from the cartoon so we were everyone's taking pictures with him it was pretty fun well that was funny at the at louder than life there was a random girl backstage in the media tent dressed as dr Roxo, and i asked the tour manager with brendan i was like is, is that girl with you guys and he goes no and i'm <laughs> like well what is she doing back here we couldn't figure out how she got back there but uh, but Brendan actually ended up taking photos with her, like the Anthony, the guy that um that was doing my um oh doing the camera video. work. You know, he was he he uh, he was taking like after every uh, interview, he would take a a couple of photos like, with his good camera, and uh, he was like, I was like, get her, you know, to do some photos with him, and and uh, looks at they they came out very cool. You're right now, yeah, it was that that was definitely the cool part. The thing also with SoFi, which really sucks they don't put the merch on every level. So that's what you were saying the last time. Yeah. So it was the same thing where they were like, Oh, you want merch? It's on the sixth floor. (laughs) I'm "I'm on the first floor, but now I have to go up six escalators to get to merch and then do that all over again. Just to get back to my seat. You know, it's like, it was just so insane the way they set it up. So I never even saw any of the merch that night whatsoever. So it was just kind of silly in that regard, um, but uh, but yeah, Death Clock was cool. Uh, they play, it, the thing that sucked was they played ten songs off of the first record, except for my favorite song. <laughs> so <I was> like, <laughs> really, womp, womp. it totally was, dude. By the by, like the the second half of the show, I, was, I went to setlist.com just to see, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? They're not." So there's a song called Face Fisted, which is like my favorite song on this record. So. Um, <laughs> what is that? Oh, there she is. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the uh, uh, Anthony took this photo. So. Yeah, there's there's one on our Facebook page, on my Facebook page of of uh, of me and uh, me and Doctor Roxo doing doing lines. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he uh, as Brendan kind of walked away, he had a big kind of smirk on his face, and I was like, "Hey, man, you created that." And he's yeah, like, right. oh, he's, like, he's like, "Oh, I know. <laughs> this is your fault." This is all your fault. This is all your fault. But no, but it was, uh, that was, if you ever get a chance, dude, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but uh, there was some animation studio overseas somewhere, Germany or something like that. I can't remember. Uh, But they did these really goofy Batman cartoon videos of Death Death Clock songs. And uh, one of them is for Face Fisted. And it's it's hilarious. That one, the one they do for Mermaider is really funny too. Um, But like, that's not that that's how I got into it, but that's like how I really started. Like I was when I, when I heard that face fisted song, I was like, I was like, I got to listen to death clock again. Cause I'm missing something. And that's when I kind of really got way more into them. Um, but yeah, that was the one song they didn't fucking play. I was like, God damn it. But everything else was, was amazing. I mean, it's, I don't know. It, it, it's just, it's so cool. But I mean, when the last few times I saw them though, like their screen kind of came down really low. Mm-hmm. You know, so almost like it was almost like um, when I saw the gorillas one time where it's like same sort of thing where it's like the screen came over the band in a way, yeah. you know, so the band was super obscured. Um, and uh, and so it's like you only watch the cartoon, essentially, um, which I actually really liked. And uh, but this time it was like the screen was behind them and, you know, you could see the band and everything, which is which is fine, too. But I just I, I like the idea of like them playing the cartoon in a way, you yeah. know. Uh, playing the playing the songs for the videos in the cartoon, um, which was which is cool. But I mean, but I, I it was just it was a lot of fun though. Man, 
Uh, but yeah, if I can help it, no more SoFi. <laughs> no more SoFi. I think you're. I think I texted you how, how was Death Clock, and I think you you're like they have no business being this good. Like, that was yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really it, dude. They yeah. really do. I mean, come on, it's like they like my thing is this is that there's they they do really well on album sales, and I'm always shocked that I'm like, well, then how are those people not? the same people buying cannibal corpse records or buying these, you know, like, why is that? Why is it like, Oh no, I listen to death clock. It's like, okay, then how are you not listening to obituary or how are you not <laughs> listening to napalm death or whatever? Like that's, that's the part to me where I'm like, how, where's that kind of disconnect? Like when they came out with that first record, I mean, they shattered, <laughs> they shattered death metal album sales <laughs> up mm-hmm. until that point. Like, you know, most bands sell like whatever, 25, 30,000 records. These guys came in and sold like 40, 45,000 records their first week for a band that's a cartoon that doesn't exist, et cetera, et cetera, versus Deicide, who've been around for 25 years. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, so that's that that's the part to me that I'm always just like, how? And then again, like I said, they're just that fucking good, though. <laughs> well, I, guess, I guess, and this could be a bad analogy, but it'd be like, Star Wars fans, like people asking, like why Star Wars fans aren't into Battlestar Galactica or something, like you know, yeah. like you're into sci-fi, so why don't you like this other sci-fi? You know? That's, I mean, no, that I think that's a really fair comparison. I think it's a fair comparison, but it's like, I guess to me, it's like when, when like you know, when if to use that same comparison, it's like if you watch Battlestar and you're like, oh well, this is cool, but I'm not super into it. Like I, I guess I get that, but it's like. I don't know. I guess I, I guess I being into comic books and all and conventions and all that, it's like I kind of always see it. So, but uh, but it's true though. It's like I just I just wonder what the disconnect is yeah. or where it is, you know? Because it's like to me, it's like oh, cool. Like I'm on the fence of liking Death Clock. Oh, they're going on tour with Baby Metal. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like that kind of thing. Where I'm like, that's. I saw I saw someone post on um they 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 not fest clipped a piece of the. Brendan Small interview and someone commented on it on um, on tick on Twitter and it says, "Bruh, I'm not gonna go because you guys think baby metal is good when it's really not. Why don't you stick with your music for your co-headlines like a Monomarth would be so cool or Cannibal Corpse? But nope, baby metal. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel. I mean." I, I, Again, it's like when it comes to metal, it's like I understand really trying to not not diversify racially, if you will, but like but diversify and be like, all right, cool. Like, let's try Death Clock and, and Baby Metal and kind of make this thing. You know, I mean, I, I I have no problem with with trying that. But it's like but in this case, I'm like, you guys could have had a Cannibal Corpse opening. Well, I think in the I think in the interview, I think he was talking about it being like baby metal was so visual too. And like, right. they, and like, you know, we're visual, they're visual. It's like, it's, it's same, but it's different. The whole thing. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of why, that's why when it got announced, I was like, I can see it. Yeah. I mean, I, I could just see it just in the fact that like, that's the type of, that's the type of thing that I could see that Brennan small would do just yeah. to be like, fuck you. I'm going to do this, you know? And I'm like, all right, well, I can't argue with the fuck you attitude. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's kind of what we all do, isn't it? You know? So if somebody's like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I love Slayer, but I love Prince. What you like Prince? Yeah, well, fuck you. You know, it's like <laughs> it's kind of the same sort of thing. You know, it's like yeah. in the in the end, it, in the end, it's almost like so metal that it's not metal that it's so fucking metal. <laughs> you know, like like punk rock kind of thing. That's that's why I mean I see it like that. But I mean, people enjoy it. Then I'm all about it. But yeah, for me, that that baby metal just is not. It's not a train I'm I'm gonna catch anytime soon. But yeah, man. But then uh, we got, and then uh, just lastly for for the end of this one, because I don't, uh, I should be here. I mean, I will be here for next week, but uh, you know, I'm going on that headbangers boat thing, so right. that's gonna be fun and uh, getting married on there. Yay! Finally, after eleven years, nine years, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. So we get Hatebreed and Lamb of God and God forbid and Shadows Fall, and it's gonna be a fucking loopy ass event. So I'm gonna try to do do some interviews and such like that while I'm on the boat. Absolutely. See what we can see, what we can glean from people, especially with uh, Randy being on one of the new uh, POD tracks. Yeah. You know, I, when I came up on Sirius, I was like, Oh fuck. dude!" So it's a, it's a good time to do that kind of thing. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be awesome, you know, getting married, all that good stuff with all, all your friends around things like that. Um, and no family. Woo-hoo. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, we we just got married at the courthouse. We're like, we're not doing anything like that. Well, we were like, oh, should we do like the Kiss Wedding Chapel in Vegas? And then somebody was like, you should do an Elvis wedding. And I was like, no, that's kind of cheesy and stupid. But now I heard that Randy might, Randy from Lamb of God might dress up as as a fat Elvis and 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 preside over it, which I think would be hilarious. <laughs> I'm not gonna argue. All right, man. Well, let's end with a, uh, a new or nah. How about we do yeah, that? Let's do that. Um, I just pulled up the new metal era on Spotify and just kind of did a random uh, search here to see what they have on their new metal thing. Uh, let's just go with Power Man 5000. Ooh, that's a fuck, dude. That's a really tough one. That's a really <laughs> good one. Fuck. All right. What do you think? Well, I'm going to go with, I mean, the first album definitely was was like kind of more funk metal. I mean, it yeah, definitely had totally. some funky, you know, they had the bongos and everything going on in the first yeah, album. And then they, then they kind of went to space. Um, I, aesthetically, I would say they probably fit in the new metal era. I, I, I'm i going to give them an, uh, I'm going to say that they're new. Hmm. Uh, that, that, that's one that I'm, I'm very much on the fence on because I never felt their music really translated in the same kind of way hairstyles perhaps but at the same time it was you know when they started doing the kind of the more space kind of stuff that is really where it went and it it, it felt a little bit more i don't know i guess rock and roll to me than new metal really did i'm i'm actually gonna say nah on that one i think they were there during that period and 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 you know they were there you know taking advantage of the time period which is cool you know and i wish they could have taken out machine head during burning red and all that but like uh i think they ended up getting kind of pigeonholed in that that vibe but uh i i always felt like they were just they were kind of on the outside of that i don't feel like they really had the i mean they the, the fans crossed over pretty well but at the same time i never thought musically they were really it was really that i always felt like they they sort of were on their own to use the planetary term but like they were on their own <laughs> sort of trajectory mm-hmm. <laughs> you know they were kind of on their own kind of kind of line that really didn't it, it never felt Junko related. It never felt DJ. Never felt uh, um, that kind of thing. It was. It was this like kind of like I don't even want to call it space rock because that makes it sound like it's stoner metal. Um, but almost like just this kind of I don't know, space rock. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think that was that was kind of it. So, I mean, for me, I would say no. Nah, like if I, I I don't really put them in that category. You know. But they definitely, they definitely had the fans and everything around that era. But yeah. I just never felt like it was really, it was, it was quite there. No, I definitely, um, yeah, I, I'll lump them in with the new metal era. I uh, first time I saw Kiss on the reunion tour, they were opening. It was Kiss oh, awesome. and Power Man Five Thousand on the Mega Kung Fu Radio tour. They didn't even have the tonight to really? start the revolt out. Yeah, it was. Oh my uh, god. That's so awesome. so just think of like you know was it 20 miles to texas 25 to hell like all those Dude, that, that songs. radio is such an incredible record there are so <laughs> many amazing tracks on that record you know yeah. and between, in between songs you could hear a pin drop like and people were like you know basically get the fuck off the stage right well that was the thing was that back then also they really they didn't have the money to do any kind of production that could have actually you know, really step like they were very stripped down back then. Yeah. You know, like when I would see them, I saw them at like the Saint in Asbury Park, which holds like 14 people and my mom, you know, it's like it's just like it's it was so tiny, but it was like it was, you know, but everything was just very stripped down. You know, he had that that you know that Rob Zombie rock and roll pants kind of thing going. <laughs> you know, rock and roll pants on rock and roll pants. You know, um, so that, you know, he had that kind of thing going, but like, you know, after they did uh stars revolt and everything like that, like that's when they started doing the, you know, astronaut costumes mm-hmm. and kind of stuff like that. But I think that if they, you know, were able to get a little bit more production back then, it would have definitely been a much bigger, bigger deal. But yeah, when they did stars revolt, I felt like it was like, I don't know. I, you know what? Now, sorry. I think I might have to change my mind. I might have to. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're ready to get that. And I'm like, oh, that's actually got a very like bouncy, almost static X-y kind of vibe to it now. That's yeah, like, if they're they're definitely on the on the static X realm end of, of the new spectrum. Metal. Yeah. No, you know what? I'm changing my vote, man. I'm going. I'm going new. Yeah, I think I think it definitely uh, it definitely hit it a lot more, especially after Stars Revolt. Mm-hmm. Before that, it was definitely more of that funk metal. Very smooth, you know. Uh, uh, what was the name of that? Uh, Neckbone. Neckbone was always that great <laughs> song, you know. Uh, the, 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 those bass lines were so fucking smooth. 
you know, but then yeah, once once they went past that realm, yeah, they went into new metal. So yes, Power Man five thousand, new. Organized and organized. Awesome. I might actually have a Tokyo Vigilante number Tokyo one. I might Vigilante. have to standing eight. I might have to listen to this album yeah. when I get off here. <laughs> is that is that, that that's the record? What's the that first means- song? It's a, a freak a freak human fly. Uh, public menace, freak human fly. I love that. Yeah, I know a rat boy who does a rat dance. <laughs> one with a tail. He had to cut a hole in his pants. <laughs> I love that go. song, dude. That's such a great track. Yeah, yeah. if anybody's out there, listen to Mega Kung Fu Radio. It's a great fucking record. And that is a great place to end this on. Uh, make sure you are following us over on Instagram at NewPod1999. There's been a ton of videos put up lately. Uh, NotFest is killing it, uh, throwing up Instagram yeah. reels and things like that. So make sure you're following the Instagram page and uh, commenting, all that stuff, letting your friends know that you listen to the new pod over here on NotFest.com. Yes. Uh, so for the NotFest.com presents new pod, I'm Joshua Toomey. That's Ro Coley, and we will talk to you soon. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening to New Pod. Follow Toomey at Talk Toomey Talk and Row at War Machine Merch. Rate, review, and subscribe and tell your friends. Until next week, keep it new.